Hello, I'm Joey Morgan. And I'm Carly Ross-Seibert. And welcome to Retail Is Podcast. The official Retail Alliance podcast where we talk about all things retail in Hampton Roads. Welcome everyone to Retail Is, uh, the Retail Alliance podcast. I'm here today with Joey. Hello. Uh, and also our guests today are Russ and Stephanie. Um, they own the Dirty Buffalo. Um, I didn't say your last name, I'm sorry, but I will pass it over to you just to say a little bit about yourselves and then we'll get stuck in. Uh, I am Russ Gilbert. Um, I own the Dirty Buffalo with my wife, Stephanie, and we have been open for business for, what, about eight years now, almost? But it's been in our brains for about 10 now, so it's it's like a little angry child <laughs> that we try to tame, and it's uh, really nice and sweet at times, like the Sour Patch Kid, but it, it's nice and sweet, but sometimes it's hard, and now we're going through struggles with the Super Bowl and things like that, along with the new location, but... You know, we, you know, we're a growing company. So, right. but that's also a great opportunity to have those seasonal events as well. Yeah, that you can really tie your brand to and your offerings as well. So, for sure, you know, you know it's our. That's when we can make a, a good impact. You know, because we get more exposure because everyone associates us with wings, even though we're more than just a wing joint and things like that. But um, this is our time. You know. Yeah. Oh, awesome! So, in terms of the Super Bowl, I saw you on the news, which was great. I have just a quick question was, how do you get yourselves out there and set yourselves apart from the other types of more so national chains and so on? Attention to detail and just our, on the service. Yeah. Like our, our legendary service is what we what we preach and, and push. And it's always been our thing from the time when we were in a little small location with 1,500 square feet. And now we have three giant places that, you know, we still take pride into the service side of things and making sure that every detail is being addressed and stuff like that. Like one little negative review isn't just small to us. It's like alert the, you know, she's on it. She's sending me a text Then we're going after the management Then we're trying to look at the cameras to see exactly what happened, reaching out to the guests. Like we do everything for one situation, no matter how big or small it is. Like it, it matters to us. Cause to me, it's my kid, you know, like yeah. I don't, you know, we put a lot of time and effort in our, our team between Steph and uh, Ryan, who's, you know, my best friend who came down here. He's the director of marketing. Um, we are very passionate about what we're doing and we take a lot of pride in what we do, too. You know, so, you know, when someone says, oh, the Dirty Buffalo, we could actually be like, yeah, the Dirty uh, Buffalo. And it, yeah. and it means something that like it, the, the parts that are fun is that when you have um, like guys in the kitchen or people in the front of the house, when they get noticed when they're out in their uniform and they're like, Oh, the dirty Buffalo. And like, do you work there? And they, they always just assume people work there. Not that we actually sell a lot of t-shirts, which we do, <laughs> but so it always strikes up the conversation and everyone gets so excited. They're just like, like the staff getting to feel that excitement that there's an attachment. Cause we have like this cult following, which mm-hmm. is just built through time through our over the top service. But to us, it's normal, you Developing know, a rapport with the customers and truly having that welcoming atmosphere and environment where people feel like they're taken care of and they want to come back. And it's very important to us to see that kind of retention in the customers that are coming in, that we're, we're looking to have a customer base year over year that is, you know, 20% bigger than the customer base that we had the year before. And, you know, even with this being a transient area and people moving out of town because of the Navy and other, for other reasons, we would like to try to keep all those customers coming back in so that we constantly have a larger and larger customer base to appeal to. Yeah. I think in this region, though, there's still, you know, 
a loyal population. <laughs> you know, there's oh, yes, there is a transient, but there is people I have met for sure that have been there their, their whole lives. It mm-hmm. sucks yeah. when people move like yeah. that, like, like for, especially because you know she's behind the scenes. I'm I'm there, so when it's like oh this, and they let us know like oh we're moving. It's like ah oh, man, that sucks because like they could come in and they could just hang out. Like they don't need to spend money. It's like mm-hmm. there's customers that are like family to us, you know, because of how our struggle initial struggles went. But when me, Seth, and Ryan went to Vegas for the this franchise convention, um, what was it, a year ago, mm-hmm. we got to meet up with two of our like regulars that literally lived right behind our Kali location that we would see all the time. And we got to hang out with them. And that was the first time we really, you know, they got to see a different side of us, not yeah. just the restaurant, yeah. but, you know, alcohol and things like that. But it was fun, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll yeah. talk a little bit more about the franchise. But when you started and moved down here, it was a very, it was a different concept to what it is now because it was, it was more of a, a bar service, take quick away, service, quick service, yeah. what you call it. Okay. What do you mean by that? So essentially, you would walk in and you would see the um, an employee right at the front with the menu boards oh, on the okay, back. Okay. So you would go right up there and you would order at the register and you would get a number. And then we never really had servers. We just mm-hmm. had essentially cashiers mixed with food running. You know. Okay. So it was ticket by ticket by ticket. Now it's full service, hosts, food runners, bussers, the whole nine. And, you know, we went from, when did we leave? We left with like 60 seats, give or take, 60 or 70. Mm -hmm. And then we bought the building one block up the road. And in eight days, we essentially went from a quick service to a full service restaurant with 100 plus 175 some odd seats, like as soon as we opened. And And everyone came and followed you? Oh, and then some, and then some, because there are people that don't want to, they got to the point where they knew that we'd be too busy, so they would avoid days. Mm -hmm. So there were so many days that were avoidable because our volume was getting too much. So do you think there was a tipping point that you knew was time to expand? Yeah, you make that decision. Oh, we we probably made that decision two years before we finally pulled the trigger and actually moved. And I think that's part of the reason why we were able to fill up that building so fast from the first time that we moved over there, because it was we were probably open for about two years. And we took that picture that we always show everybody of the, you know, the entire place filled up with Bills fans in the second week of football season. And it's like very clearly over fire code capacity because there's just standing room only and there's people in every single corner. Um, And that's how we were for many years. Years before we finally found the right spot i mean we obviously we didn't want to move very far so it just it was a fortunate opportunity that the building up the road opened up and it was for sale and it, it, you know anybody who's in the restaurant industry or retail industry knows that it's it's better to buy a building than to lease a building Absolutely. so we got very fortunate to be able to get into that spot and that fill it up right away for, for when you've expanded have you always tried to purchase or is yeah. it we look for that opportunity but it's not very often there yeah if you like because the, the how much we paid for it Compared to how much, if we put it on the market right now, regardless of where the tenants, it would go for probably twice the amount. It was literally, it was, uh, you know, an older guy, like he was like 90 some years old, passed away. His nephew over in Colorado um, inherited it. And so he came in as like, just oh, basically give me whatever yeah. you can oh, kind of thing. So and We were very fortunate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's a giant part to our, our growth. Success, yeah. Well, yeah, because if we're only paying, you know, 4,500 bucks a month in rent for a building we own as opposed to when we moved we were paying over three grand mm-hmm. you know we're just pocketing at that point to reinvest to in expand. ourselves yeah. and afford that giant part of labor you know because all of a sudden we went from what 18 employees to 60 mm-hmm. something like that before we you know train and weed out mm-hmm. certain things but 
Um, so you're very careful, it sounds like, about, planning, because a lot of people have a vision, and they just go for it. And well, it sometimes seems, it's, they get a little... Uh, well, it seems that a lot of it was a bit of planning, but then it also requires a bit of luck to... Absolutely. Oh, dude, oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. it's just the right timing. I'm the luckiest person that there is. <laughs> it's, it's like she she just tames me the whole time to keep me in line with where I'm going. Um, but... Yeah, no, dude, there's so many things that just don't make sense, you know, like to us, it's just like that, that literally, that's just dumb luck, you know, like you shouldn't be able to get a property, granted, you know, we had to invest into it and we sold, you know, I would much position to be able to buy it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would much rather have it be, you know, if we could just take a wrecking ball to that place right now and a hurricane come through and just damage our building, that's fine. Just have several houses and then we just rebuild from there. Yeah. Then cool. Cause I love our newest location so much like how it turned out mm-hmm. but then there's that character that it would be missing that Kali has in the mm-hmm. history because it's it's got a lot of history to the building yes mm-hmm. and the, well that's another thing too like moving to a different city i know you're still within the hampton roads coastal virginia area but moving to virginia beach from norfolk it's a different client base absolutely <laughs> so true <laughs> such an understatement we're still working we still, out. Yeah, we, yeah. we still are They're, like it's uh, even both norfolk locations mm. like completely de- different demographic and things like that and just their their um opinion on price and value and things like that is just completely different you know so yeah. you, you we learned a lot with that little change but the virginia beach man they, like, we could charge more and they'd be like, it's fine. You know, they, they, they don't complain <laughs> about the still, price. They'd, they'd still be very critical of service and ex- have higher expectations. Yes, I, yeah. Yeah. It's, they they want it now. Like, they, mm-hmm. they don't care that you're really busy. They want to get sat now. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't want to wait. Extra for that. Yeah. yeah. They, like, we have read, already read reviews of, you know, I got there three minutes after they opened. There was a 45 minute wait one star review like dude like what what do you want from me you know like that's a good thing for your area you know but we're just we're just trying to get through it so we're, we got through all the those type of people like the hype you know yes. first month kind of thing now it's now we're trying to establish who we are with virginia beach with the community around us because you know um we like to have that attachment with the families mm-hmm. and things like that. And that's what grows. That's what builds Try us. Build and that cult like following up for Virginia. Yeah. But it, it's also good for the staff, you know, because ultimately it, it builds up their morale by having good regulars and things like that. And so that creates our atmosphere. So if you create this cheers like atmosphere that we only sell 20% alcohol. So it's just literally families just running around but, you know, little kids like our kids, if I told you the story of what our youngest one did this weekend, it would put it all into perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the story for another time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a little terror. But, you know, that's that's what we have is just families running around. It's it's a good, positive environment. And so if you're new and it's your first time in, you're liable to get treated like family because of, there's so many families around you, you know? So everyone's so understanding of everything. It's a wide open floor plan and things like that. It's comfortable, mm-hmm. you know? And that's... It's a good... It seems like a good mix. Um, I know when I went there, it was like even just having the sports, but it was very casual feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, a question there about the staff and how you want your brand to be. Um, and you had that with the Norfolk locations in Virginia Beach, I presume, is is some new staff mixed in maybe with some some of the older people. Not older, it's in age. But, you know, yeah. More seasoned. Um, how do you find and keep good people? 
it's hard, especially in today's economy, because we're at the what the lowest unemployment rate that we've ever had in the United States. So there's plenty of jobs available, and everybody's you know Finding just kind of moving, yeah, you know, moving from place to place, trying to find the place to, the perfect place to work. But um, we try to look for in our staff exactly what we're looking for in our guest base, which is that we want it to be as diverse as possible. One of the things that we're really proud of is that if you walk into any one of our buildings on a Friday night, you can look around at the tables and you'll see people of every demographic you can possibly imagine all eating together, having a good time. You'll see, you know, a family with young children in the corner and then a bunch of college guys and a bunch of attorneys in business suits. And then, you know, an older couple having a date night and they're all kind of hanging out together, having a good time, feeling comfortable with one another. And we want our staff to feel very comfortable working for us as well and comfortable in that environment. So we try to foster that culture from day one, from management all the way down and kind of bring everybody into this really warm, cozy, comfortable environment where they feel like they can be themselves and, you know, give them the extensive training on the brand so that they they know what they're getting into. But at the same time, like they feel like it's part of their home as well. So, yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask is in terms of that training. So, yeah, they're representing your brand. I presume that you had some sort of training program. So she she went to town on it. Seth put together this crazy training program. And by crazy, I mean crazy impressive. Oh. Not like, <laughs> like she's making them go. Not dirty bottle of boot camp. No. No, yeah. no it, it's so dialed in and detail oriented that it's it, when you see it, you say this is this has if you just took the name off the front. This is the Dirty Buffalo training program. If you just looked at the book, you go, oh, this has to be insert whatever your top chains are and things like that. Like she nailed it, you know? Where did you learn how to do all that? I'm just very systems oriented. I think it's my background in the law. So I I practiced law for 10 years before I came full time with the company. And I guess those who are not as familiar with what associate attorneys do is it's not you know, being in a courtroom, most of the time I was just spent researching things and synthesizing information and putting it together into a written product. So it was very easy to transform or transfer that knowledge base over into the restaurant industry in that it just synthesizing information. It's taking everything that's in his brain about our brand and putting it into a system that can be duplicated and scaled. It's a really tough thing to do. (laughs) My scatterbrain trying to catch up with it is hard. But it's not, it's also not as easy as making a sound. It's easy to write it all down, but actually implementing that and hands-on in the restaurant Mm -hmm. is not as, I mean, it turned out to be a lot more complicated than I imagined. I think you imagined as well, is that we thought we could just kind of put together this, here's a handbook on how's everything we do, and people would do it, and it just, it doesn't work. That because way. every yeah, every position, theoretical, you know, dream <laughs> and the practicality. Yeah, well, I mean, it could work for different industries or different volume mm-hmm. places and things like that. Like, but for our place, mm-hmm. when you get in there, if you're a server, you know, you like you're taking another server, your strongest person, to train them, you know, for the first module. And if it starts getting really busy, you need to shift things around and move pieces. Someone might call out. You might need that person. So all of a sudden. On the books, you have, you know, the trainer there, but you might need that trainer to help food run for mm-hmm. the stretch or same thing in the kitchen that if, um, you know, you start on a dish, then you go to prep, then you go over to our shake station and things like that. Um, but if thing, if you got to have a call out and that person that's on shake training needs to go back to go help on prep or a dish, you have to make the call and make the adjustment be, to get through, well, you have to, you have to do it on the fly. The manager, no, she's oh, asking yeah. which point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the manager. So they've given the autonomy right then and there to make those decisions. You have to, then you know, because okay. like so today, leadership. I was literally just cooking for the first time at Kali in quite some time because of the situation. 
It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> intense. But yeah, I just like, you know, really like riding a bike. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to the franchising comment that you had made. Um, I had heard that you had uh, possibly sold your first franchise. Yep. Um, it wasn't yet to be announced, but happy to share that if you feel like it. I think it got announced. Uh, we it's announced just... that we sold it, but we haven't gotten into the yeah. specifics of where they're going to be locating their store because that hasn't been finalized yet. It. So that's not. They're going back. Actually, he called me today and I mm. get a return phone call, but they're they're negotiating right now for a spot um, still in Hampton Roads. Um, but we just can't say what that spot is. Yeah, because I, I want it to be a, an announcement, mm-hmm. announcement Absolutely. kind of thing that um, PR purposes for them and, and marketing for them and things like that. But. It's exciting. You know, he already um, is working over at our Little Creek location now, and he has been for about a month. And now he's going to get transferred over to Collie's to work with me in the kitchen. Um, so it's a whole process. It's, again, that's back on Steph. She did pretty much the whole thing. So, so how did you dream that up? Was that something that you thought of from the beginning? Uh, yeah, our original yeah. business plan talks about fran- making it a franchisable model. I mean, that's the... The whole point was developing a menu that could be easily. But we had no clue what we were doing. It was just like, you know, like this yeah. is a fun concept. I, I could see it here or I could see it there. It was less about can we duplicate and replicate the, the menu side of things and the service. It was just would I be able, would I want to go to a dirty, uh, dirty Buffalo in a different city? Mm-hmm. You know, so it was always kind of that. And it was, um, it was a pipe dream at first until probably a couple of years in where we really started to, um, believe in it, you know, to say, okay, if we're going to do this, this has to get changed. This has to be easier. This has to happen. There's no way that, um, that you have chef driven places all the time, right. Mm-hmm. That are down there. They're never going to be able to open up another one of the same because it's driven by them yes. doing that job. So for the first couple of years, I was in the kitchen for 95 hours a week cooking everything, but how do we grow? from that point in time, like we grow building off of our consistency, you know, like, so getting that consistent product is one thing, but for us to take that next step, we had to hire train. And then I had to trust and go like this. Cause that, that's always been our biggest thing is me trusting like her trusting Ryan, trusting the staff to be able to do what my vision is, you know? Um, so it's hard. It's a lot of learning, but you know, and how did you learn? Like, I mean, you've obviously got a legal background, so you probably need to do some research. Um, (laughs) You mentioned a conference. Was that a franchise? Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, it's, it's not often that you hear about local businesses franchising in Hampton Roads, uh, especially restaurants. So, um, I sort of wondered, how you how you even got to that point where you were able to sell your first franchise? Yeah, did they reach out to you initially? Oh, or you suggested to them or start? They they reach out? out to Ryan. So we well, had, if you go back, so take it back a couple years. I think what they're asking is like how the even the concept of franchising came into our mind. Like both, yes. Yeah, that, so we had people that would inquire about it even at the very first location, okay. and oh, they would say, so cool. "Is this a franchise? Yeah, is it? Is it? Is it, is it something oh, that you're franchising?" <laughs> it's, and it's, we would always say we had this like kind of standard form response of "We're looking into it," and yeah. it's like two years later, we're still looking into Everyone, it. People would say, "Oh, I, I want to open up one of these over here." Would you be like? And it was they were just. Blown 
blowing smoke, maybe. I don't know, but for, for me, I thought yeah, it was the coolest exactly. thing. It was like, it was one of those things. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, 11 months in, someone's talking about wanting to open up one of these things. This is great. But then the one picture that we had, or still have, it's one of the most genuine things my dad's ever done for me is a couple months before we opened, he gave me a picture um, that was like, you know, you buy it at the mall and it's like for your man cave and it says the dirty Buffalo, um, proprietor, Russell Gilbert, and it's got a Buffalo Bills helmet. So it's kind of like one of those like man cave bar, like, it's just a really, it's, it's a picture, but then Bruce Smith signed it, uh, when he came in and we, we hang it up. And so people think, or at least they did when they saw that they're like, Oh, this started in Buffalo when they uh, see it. And that's like yeah. one of the common things. Like, no, that's just something you buy at the mall that <laughs> yeah. like that goes in your well, house. I guess in your oh. bills fan. Oh, crazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> has is that too. Has been used against you though? The fact that it means the dead Buffalo and people think you started in Buffalo and not here. No, it doesn't. No, I mean, I just, feel like it would be if we tried to put one back home. Like if we were, oh, like, yeah. like, we're yeah. in our franchise plans, we have no intentions of moving north. We want to stay south of the Mason-Dixon line because they know how to cook wings up there. We don't need to be going that way. <laughs> because, but I think that's what would happen. Because I remember when Buffalo Wild Wings came to Buffalo for the first time and people were literally petitioning outside the building, like really? picketing. And it's like it's that was and, our last and, year in Buffalo, wasn't it? It was our last year in Buffalo. Yeah. But so, yeah, I feel like it would be used against us in Buffalo as how dare you go start a Buffalo themed restaurant mm-hmm. somewhere else yeah. but here i i mean people appreciate the authenticity i think so the name where did that come from that was a i love that question i really <laughs> just do I, I wish i just carried my notebook around with me all the time but um my very first notebook for the business i have a part where i put you i wrote out the dirty buffalo question mark name and then there's an arrow and then it's a food item mm-hmm. so it was just it literally was going to be a sub um, but then it turned into, I couldn't get away from the name because it was just so catchy. Yeah. I got stuck um, yeah. Cause I went to ODU for marketing. And so it was, it, to me, that's what it is, is what's going to attract. It's, you know, mm-hmm. that's your name, that's your brand. Um, but ODU's nickname is all dirty. So, uh, and back at home, we sell garbage plates. We call them dirty plates here, you know, in Rochester. So, um, there's the dirty and then Buffalo makes you think of Buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. So when you connect them, it's, there's a lot to it, yeah. you know, but the restaurant was going to be called dirties at one point or old dirty. Right. I'm so glad that that didn't happen. So, dude, there's so, <laughs> so many, there's so many names that happened. There was yeah, like, along the, way. the king. Of, I think was it was, there was going to be, it was going to be Rocco's at one point too. Right? Yeah. 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 Rocco's are dogs. Uh, it was king of wings. Right. Like right. That. King of wings. I didn't even know that wing king existed. Oh, like we yeah. like, I'm telling yeah. you, we had, no, dude, we had no clue. We were, like, <laughs> so, but when, yeah. but when we, when we came up with that, it just stuck. And like, when I came home and I remember, I vaguely remember telling her, but I expected her to shoot it down immediately just because dirty was in the name. Like I, I thought that that was going to be like, there's no way that she's going to go for it. But I'm, I remember being in Starbucks when I wrote it. Cause I would always go to a coffee shop, either Starbucks or Elliot's and I would just work on it. And I remember when I wrote that down, I was like, dude, I just can't get away from it. I just can't get away from this name. It's gotta be something. And I told her and she's like, that's not bad. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. Yeah. Like, I was like, and it's like, you know, for her to like the name that it's got dirty into a restaurant, I like, you knew it. it there was something to it. Something there, you know? Yeah. Gosh. Well, I wanted to get into a little bit more detail. And it's something that I know, um, like cafes and other restaurants that we've talked to about how, I mean, with food, it's so much different to uh, with a shelf life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so short and you've got to have the sort of the right amount of inventory as we call it mm-hmm. how did you even work that out and know 
that you're going to not run out of food, like, with each shift? Well, now we're just really fortunate because we sell everything all the time. Really? You literally could just make, you could just keep prepping. Like, we get multiple, like, what, three trucks a week? Mm -hmm. And it's just, you just keep going. Do you ever you not know? have enough food for customers? No. Oh. That, I think that used to be, that was the bigger problem in the beginning, beginning. Than, mm -hmm. than actually having waste. He, he would, because I was doing the book, so I remember how many times he'd go to Harris Teeter or Food Lion during oh, the course yeah. of the day yeah. to go pick up something he ran out of. And it would happen uh, multiple times a day, oh, every terrible. single day. Oh, so I forgot about that. So it was more, it was uh, in the yeah. beginning, it was less of an issue of having over-prepared product, but just not ever having enough and running out of it. Oh, yeah, because we used to, I mean, between lack of storage, because like, when we first opened, we had a three-door cooler, and that was it. Wow. That's, and then you could only fit so much product in there. Mm -hmm. And then by the last time, last year that we were at Kali, we had a walk-in cooler on the back deck built and put in there to help, but... Mm -hmm. I forgot about I that. I think we really learned by trial and error. And mm -hmm. like, I mean, it wasn't until probably we moved to Kali, maybe even when we opened Little Creek, that we started actually using PARs and oh, like yeah. prepping that's, for that's a certain amount mm -hmm. per shift. Because before that, it was a lot of guesswork and just trial and error. But we, I, again, I think we just got lucky in that we always had that solid customer base of people coming in to buy the product. So waste was minimal. Plus at the very beginning, everything meant so much. Mm -hmm. Like there was, I mean... You throw out something and it it, it was awful for us because we weren't making anything. Mm -hmm. You know, like it took, yeah. like if if it wasn't for Steph being an attorney to be able to pay our car payments and rent mm -hmm. and things like that at the house, like we don't, we're not able to make it here. Um, so the restaurant can only lose so much when we're when we don't have the sales to back it up. Yeah, because um, we went four and a half months without our alcohol license and. Um, we struggled a lot. So if, if I dropped, if I'm tossing wings and I'm tossing them in the wrong sauce and then that's going to be five bucks here, six bucks, that all, it, it was yeah. bad. That meant a lot. If, if someone left food in the oven, like, cause you know, we, our pork, we cook low and slow in our oven and say they forgot it. And all of a sudden you waste that amount of money and it, oh, it would be so awful. It's just so aggravating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so now, and now that stuff happens and it, it don't get me wrong, it, it's, it's not okay, <laughs> but we're in a better position mm -hmm. to like have a teachable moment and not just like and not, flip out. Yeah. But I remember, dude, I remember getting so mad. I mean, I fired someone for not telling me there was no peppers and onions on a Philly because I had to remake it and it was waste and things like that. And it was just it was intense. That's not who I am now by any means. It was, it was so like when you don't have any money and you're like, you have a staff that's not making anything in the front of the house. Like I'm taking out whatever I have in my pocket and throwing it in there. Cause we have servers making three bucks in tips a day, you know, for the lunch shift, but they were getting paid minimum wage. You know, at that time we were, we paid what we had to, mm -hmm. but yeah, man, that, that sucked. <laughs> but now we're very fortunate, you know. And have you felt that, um, obviously, I don't think you pay minimum wage now. Has that made a difference in the quality of the people, do you think, at all? Or is it more just market conditions and, you know, unemployment rate being so low that you've got to offer more. I, I, I think that it's it's a lot. It's a mix. It's a mixed bag, no matter how you look at it. If you looked at it back in the day, we had less staff on hand and you might even say that a higher portion of them were stronger 
stronger players because there was less of them. But I think that in any workplace you walk into, you're going to have your A's, your B's, and your C's. And you're always going to be looking to replace your C's. You want to keep your A's as long as possible. And your B's, you know, you want to make sure that they feel comfortable there and are happy. And given an opportunity and, to grow. And given an opportunity to grow. Exactly. That's, um, that's well put. Um, and it's not always money. But the way, and money doesn't dictate Mo- that. No, well. we, we haven't found that, that, that money yeah. makes much of a difference in mm-hmm. that dynamic that mm-hmm. it just kind of it's it's honestly it passion is, it is, it is it's, for the front though yeah it's you know. it's how much they they like what they're doing and enjoying what they're doing and that's why maybe i would say that we did have more of those a's when we had the smaller restaurant because we were growing and we were growing really fast at that point and it was exciting it was mm-hmm. a really exciting time to be part of the dirty buffalo people that are coming in now it's kind of hard to give them that sense of look at where we came from and how much we've grown because all they see is this kind of very corporate looking restaurant with these you know training workbooks that come in and say this is how it's done and this is how you have to do it and it's it's not as easy to convey that feeling of look at how much we've grown i guess you know like like mm-hmm. the money like because it's nice because now we like for the kitchen we're able to provide more than you know pretty much every other restaurant and we do you know we you, we expect less essentially like our expectations are very high but i don't just staff five people in the kitchen we'll put nine mm-hmm. so you okay. you get paid very well more than what you know the you going rate is you have less responsibilities just focus on this we offer benefits, job. 401k. We yes. like we put as much every time we get busier, we just pump it back in. Mm-hmm. You know, she came home one day. She's like, I think we need to give everyone in the kitchen a raise um, for what was it? The housing and. Well, it, it just came. I, I was looking at our wage structure and it just came to my attention that it didn't look like we were paying enough for people to be able to make basic payments yeah. on rent oh, yeah. so and i just said go for it like because it, it literally it's for us it's like we're so understanding of that like this the servers are a different animal you know different you know they want money they want to make their tips and things like that so we could we could expect um and have higher expectations um for our level of service because they're making so much mm-hmm. you know so the back of the house is different you know, so they, it's just a different breed. Like you could go and add 50 cents here or there. And it's like, is a grass green over here for 50 cents? Maybe, maybe not. But we're able to uh, provide more, but that's not always the thing. That's literally, that's money is not everything. You know, we understand it. It's the, them seeing me cook today is going to take oh, yeah. some of the new ones further, you know, with who we are as a company. Because now everything that she, Steph just said about them not understanding like where we came from now it makes sense because now they saw that that was you're actually part of it yeah just collecting the check at the end of the day you're in there. yeah we're always in there we're always doing something so that's that's what helps us mm-hmm. well we're running low on time but i know kylie especially wanted to ask you just, about just one, more one thing. question and I, I i'd seen a news report about um you sort of venturing into oh, yeah. products maybe some sources oh yeah yeah we're uh you know i, I take a lot of pride in in you know, making sauce and things like that. And we have a couple that went to the National Wing Festival in Buffalo and won two blind taste tests. First place is the Cajun Buffalo and the Sweet Sriracha. Nice. And those ones, Ryan is um, taking the bull by the horns there to get those bottled up. Um, I wanted to do like seven sauces and he's like, let's just focus on the two. It's quite a process. <laughs> you is, I, I didn't know it was that much of a process, but you have to go through FDA testing uh, and you yeah. have to make sure that everything, mm-hmm. you know, has the right pH level for shelf life. And you have to 
That part was. What do you have to do? Multiply the entire recipe like, by like four hundred to oh, get a forty-gallon batch and you have or to do something by like weight, that. You know, so it's not just like it, it's just. And I'm a math guy. I, said I love numbers, <laughs> and I just went. You know, I, I after about the fifth sauce, when it got to like the ones that had a lot of ingredients, I just went. I'm just done. Right, you just take this over. So. Um, the Cajun Buffalo is going to be, for me, it's just going to be really exciting. Like, I don't care if I make anything on those sauces being in the store. It's just the, you know, walking by and seeing it like, <laughs> Yeah, because you sell the other merchandise, so yeah. it's, a, it's a good accompaniment yeah. to that, too. It's, so you got to try and get beyond selling them in the restaurants? Oh, to, of course. Into uh, sort of supermarkets? Oh, no, no. That's, I've already talked to Wegmans, and like, because oh, nice. that's, like, Wegmans is, a, like, the third ever Wegmans was in my hometown, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, we... They told me, just make it, get it done, do everything that Steph just said, and there'll be no issues. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited. Like, I don't, I don't view that as being anything that's hard, you know, to get in. Just I'm not naive to it. Like, I work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you're going to make the sauces, you, you have to be able to sell them. So we're not going to sell them all online, and you have to make them in a X amount of batch, you know. So there's um, a lot of bottles you'll have, so you can't just rely just on your online site mm-hmm. your web store to sell them all you have to you know mm-hmm. find other ways other avenues to sell it by the time they go bad in the bottle so it's exciting though yeah, you know it's awesome i am um, there's so much we want to sort of continue but we're getting to the end of the time maybe we can invite you back but uh, you know let's talk a bit more about sort of connections with the community and things like that because i know that you do so um but uh, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I know we, thank you. Uh, it's great. Yeah. It's fun. You. I mean, I, I literally could talk all day. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, thank, thank you. you.